Hello, this is Martin Willis, and I am talking to you because you are listening to the audio podcast. And I've uh, sent out a couple of messages, these messages in the last uh, several weeks. And uh, really, it boils down to there's uh, about 150,000 listeners worldwide, and there's about 107 or 8 supporters of the show. And uh, I do want to say, first of all, I really, really do appreciate all the supporters of the show, and I really do appreciate all the listeners. But unfortunately, uh, with the high bandwidth use, um, the show has not been uh, in the, it's been in the red a lot over the last uh, year or so. So it's made me uh, change my mind about commercials. I'm going to be running commercials on the audio portion. Now, if you support me now on Patreon, all you really need to do is go over to Patreon and your account, and it'll show you how to set up your uh, media player that way so you can be commercial free. And uh, I will help you, anyone that needs help with that. All you have to do is email me at martin at podcastufo.com if you're having any trouble with that. Also, I have many supporters from years ahead of that. And I still get some PayPal uh, payments. And I really, really appreciate your very long support that you give. Um, if you're hearing this, I really want you to reach out to me. I'm going to try to reach out to the people that support me uh, through PayPal and uh, give them a link and a way to set up a uh, commercial free. Or if you just don't care, if there's commercials, then continue on the way you are. But I do appreciate, again, every single listener. And uh, I did try to uh, solicit uh, more supporters to keep the show uh, going. And uh, unfortunately, I'd never wanted to run commercials. They won't get too carried away. There's going to be a couple of commercials only in, uh, in the audio. And that goes for all the archives. They're going to go way back into the archives as well. So uh, thank you. I hope you enjoy tonight's show. Hello, everyone. I'm Martin Willis, your host. And I'm back home. I'm still reeling from last week's UAP hearing. Uh, what an extraordinary time that was. Actually, the highlight of me doing uh, working in this topic uh, last week. It was amazing. This week, our blog by Charles Lear is UFOs in Congress in the 1960s. How fitting that is. And uh, I do want to say that pay attention to September 5th. We have a very special guest that is going to cause quite a stir. I can't really give all the details. I, I want to make sure it's it's going to happen. Uh, I do have a confirmation. So September 5th, uh, check out. Uh, I think the best thing for you to do actually would be to go to our, our website, podcastufo.com, and sign up on our newsletter that goes out once a week. Or, you know, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. That it's going to happen on September 5th. So stay tuned for that. A guest, our guest tonight, I'm really excited to have uh, Chris Bledsoe on. I talked to him many years ago in Maine when I was at a conference, and I think that was 2012 or something like that, maybe even earlier. So I'm really looking forward to our uh, discussion tonight. Uh, being a host of a show like this has its perks, and one of those is I get to watch screeners of upcoming shows. And I watched this episode with Chris, and all I have to say is you're going to want to watch this. And it's beyond Skinwalker Ranch, and it's uh, comes out the uh, Chris's episode comes out this evening at ten nine Central Time, and uh, it's really really something. 
and I'm going to be talking to him about that. I am so excited to bring in our guest, Chris Bledsoe. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Martin. I'm honored to be here. Yes, I think, uh, I don't remember, do you remember what year that was when we were up in Maine? We met up in Maine? Was it 2012, 13? Uh, it, was, it was before that. Was it? Um, Could yeah. Have been. yeah. I think it was nine or 10, somewhere in there. But it was in Portland, right? Was it in Portland? That was, uh, that was in Portland, that's right. Yeah. Yes. So that would have been probably 2012, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So anyway, I, I, I was just blown away after watching the episode. Um, it's amazing. Does this always happen to you? Yes, pretty much every day. Yes, sir. Pretty much every day. Yes. Now, I would think, um, you know, we'll, we'll get into a little bit, you know, I don't want to, you know, give out any spoilers, but I mean, things happen. It was recorded. And I think your your life is probably going to change um, after this airs tonight. I mean, it was really incredible. And I, I'm wondering why there hasn't been more study on like this with you or has there been? Uh, there has been uh, for the last 15 years, um, this has been going on. And I kind of, <clears throat> I've had pretty much every branch of the government uh, unofficially, you might say from NASA, guys from there or DOD or CIA coming and academics and so on. And they've been experiencing it with me. Quite a few uh, folks in the government has seen it and experienced it with me. It changed their lives. Well, I'll tell you, when I had last time I had uh, Dr. John or Colonel Alexander uh, on my show and was talking to him and he told me what happened while he was visiting you. And it was like, oh my goodness, you know, this is something to be taken seriously because he has a little bit of a skeptic, skeptic side to him. And so, uh, yeah, so I, I take it serious. And then you are going to get vindication after uh, people watch this episode tonight uh, of uh, these things actually happening and how, I mean, it's kind of a strange thing. I mean, the, the question that first comes to mind is why and how is this happening and, and, and why you? Why do you think you? Well, honestly, I don't know, Martin. Um, I, I can go back to 2007 when it first started, when it first happened, when the big event on the river happened and I was four hours of missing time. They, um, they never left. They followed me home and it's been the same thing. I, I walk outside and I look up at the sky and a lot of times here they come. I don't even have to say a word. They just come, they're waiting on me. That happened this week, um, happens all the time. And then there's other times I can um, do what I do. Uh, and it, a lot of people ask, what do you do? Well, um, Jeffrey Kripal, I just say this little prayer, but it, it, I see the phenomenon as conscience-based, right? So how do you talk to it? Do you just talk to it or do you? But I've developed a, a way of, uh, Jeff says, telepathy through prayer. That's the way he says it. But either either way, it's, um, it's all-knowing. It hears everything we say, and it's just the way I communicate with it. But it hears me, and it comes, and, and I... It, it's on a pretty good show in front of a lot of people. Yeah. 
Well, you know, uh, a lot of people may hear you say that and say, oh, well, that, that's kind of baloney. But all they have to do is <laughs> watch that episode and they'll, they'll see that it's true. And they also uh, hook you up uh, so they see your brain uh, scan yeah. during these times. I, I won't get into any of the details, but that is part of it. And, uh, and that is pretty astounding right there. Even, you know, the, the specialists that talk about it and all that. Yeah, so you well, got something going on. Yeah, what happened there is um, I just published a book, a new book, which is actually it's UFO of God. It's the number one yeah. bestseller on Amazon. But on the last chapter of that book, we talk about being at the Monroe Institute and doing those same brain scans and how they had difficulty with their machinery. It just didn't want to work on me. So when the History Channel came, uh, the, that whole thing came up and they decided to go with doing the experiment on the brain scan. And I think they got some pretty amazing results there. They Crazy. sure did. So how did all that, how did this all come about? Um, were you just contacted out of the blue by someone and they said, Hey, uh, we heard about your story and you know, we, we'd like to come out there. How did all that happen? Well, actually, I got a call from Dr. John Alexander, and he called me and he said, Chris, um, I have a friend by the name of David Carr. I want you to meet, and uh, he's with the History Channel, and uh, I'd like for you to talk to him. Well, so David called me, and I was just into writing this book, right in the middle of it, as hard as I could go, and I thought, no, David, I'm not interested. And I told him four or five times, well, uh, David, never quit. But then John calls me back one night and he says, Chris, he said, this is your time. You need to go ahead and let's uh, consider doing this. And I thought about it and I said, absolutely, John, I, I think it's time. And so that's how it all got started, basically. I see. And and w was that like a few years ago or when this whole, whole thing, I mean, these things take time, right? They right. had to plan the whole thing out and and all that and and uh you know create what what part of the episode this you know w when this was going to air and all that stuff i mean so was that was that all filmed like uh several months ago a year ago something like that yeah they called me i think it was in november or so of last year and they were at my house by january filming and boy was it ever cold and um they stayed a week seven days and other than one day it rained, we filmed every day in uh, mass activity, both in the air and ground level. And uh, it was it was fun to watch the camera crew because it was yeah. one minute when things just got crazy and stuff was coming everywhere. And David just stopped the whole crowd and turned the camera to them and said, what do y'all think? And their eyes were like this big. And it was just it was heartwarming, the whole thing. I enjoyed working with them. Yeah. They were wonderful people. And um, it was quite uh, an adventure. Just the whole thing was, was great. Excellent. Well, occasionally I'll pull up uh, questions on, uh, and if you have a good question for Chris, make sure you put it in an all caps so I catch it. So this one here, were you, uh, did you have interactions with uh, MUFON investigators about some of, some of these sightings that you're seeing or? Is there something to talk about there and as far as MUFON goes? Well, yeah, I did. 
Yeah, and, and if you read my book, this UFO God, um, there's a detailed story of, see, this happened in January the 8th of 2007. That's when it all took place. And MUFON did a huge investigation in 08. Uh, I didn't, I didn't allow anybody to come for a year because of all the controversy and being in the church. Um, they were, and my children were afraid, all this UFO stuff. So I kind of waited a whole year to tell it. But when I did, MUFON came out and they did a, an investigation. And uh, that's what brought in uh, NASA, some folks from NASA to start with in 08. And um, that's been the last 15 years of, of um, just working with these people. Um, unofficially you might say and, and it's just expanded from there a lot of other players like dr alexander we were 2015 on the river when he had his experience with me the first one so that's when he was there in a long process right i would like for you i would very much like for you to tell the incident if you don't mind starting in 2007 and go right into the details of, of that and I do remember hearing you talk about this at that conference and it's quite uh, interesting I'll put it that way <laughs> it's really quite a quite a situation or quite an encounter if you would and I do believe you had uh, the missing time yeah yeah so um, to, to give context of that whole event I have to look at where I was at that time and not to get too deeply involved I was a builder building 100 homes a year or more. And uh, the World Trade Center disaster had happened in 01. And by 04, um, I was losing everything because we couldn't sell a house. And I live in Fayetteville, where Fort Bragg is, and it just, nobody was buying anything. They were, we were going to war and so on. So I watched the slow motion train wreck, and I was very sick, had been for 17 and a half years with. Uh, with Crohn's disease and oh. yeah and so the the stress from losing my business and watching it go and not being able to support my children I was at that mind state right so fast forward to this January the 8th of 07 I uh, just come through a near-death experience um, in, in the hospital where I come up out of my body and I saw my wife and I heard the doctor. And um, so there's where I was. So I'm, I'm at the lowest point in my life. And I just finished managing a job for my dad uh, two hours away. And the guys that finished the job for a four month job, they wanted to go fishing and kind of celebrate not having to go back out of town. So I took them fishing that day about 2.30 and uh, just before dark, I got a fire going because I knew it was going to be cold and they wanted to keep fishing. So I walked away. I walked up about a quarter of a mile from the riverbank, up an incline, down around the corner and up. Just to, and I told them I'm going to go up and look for wildlife, you know, in case it comes out in the evening. But in my mind, I was crying out for help. Whoever's up there, I need help. Um, I, I don't want to do this anymore. How do I feed my children? I'm 45. 
and I'm sick. I, I can't. I can't hardly get out of the restroom. It was every day, all all the time. And I never expected to see what I saw. I, I walked around the corner, and when I got to the top of that hill, there were what looked like two setting suns side by side. Uh, they looked huge, and orange, reddish orange, and fire was going around it. They weren't very far, 300 yards and a couple hundred feet in the air. Scared me to death. Uh, I analyzed everything I could about it. I'm a commercial ready pilot to this day, and I was then, and I knew it wasn't anything from here. So I got scared and turned to run. And I had to look back one more time as I made my body turn to go down back down that hill. I'm going to see my child. He was 17-year-old fishing there with three friends, and uh, they were close to my age. And... Uh, the moment I looked back, a third one up above me appeared and came down right in front of me next to the other two. That was the shock of my lifetime because I knew at that very moment that it saw me. I was on its radar. This otherworldly power was watching me. I thought I was hiding from it before. and uh, But now, next thing I know, I run up to the fire where they were standing and it was four hours later and i thought 20 minutes had passed and so that's how it all began uh, the book dives into it a whole lot deeper when i when we left out of there these three orbs come out of the sky and landed across the river from all of us all five of us scared them so bad we jumped in my truck to take off out of there and when we got back up where i'd been taken those same three were still there. So we had three behind us on the riverbank and three in front. And the one that took me was down the road blocking the road. I, we couldn't even drive to the highway. And so it was quite um, a fearful night, I have to say. It scared us all. And we thought the world was coming to an end. And it, it just never quit coming. It, it still comes in a greater capacity today than it ever has and I have hundreds of videos of this stuff yeah. amazing stuff now what about the missing time now there everyone was looking for you right 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 they couldn't yeah. find me I was gone physically gone the ball of light giant ball of light came at me and when it came over me I just remember darkness and for uh, the only thing I can remember of those four hours is seeing the earth from up high. I could look down and I saw Egypt of all things. I don't know why, but that's the biggest memory of all of it. I remember seeing pyramids in Egypt and with no explanation, no reason why. And it's, it's been really strange to do you think it could have been some type of video or imaging in your head that they were doing this to you somehow? Uh, I mean, what I know that's all speculation, but uh, have you also have you had any uh, hypnosis regression? Hypnosis? Yeah. yeah, I've had two regressions and uh, pretty. I've never listened to them. My sons and a lot of others have, but. Uh, 
it was so weird for me to hear my own self do that. So I really haven't listened to him, but I do have some memories. But then I wonder, when they wipe your mind, they wipe it good and it's hard. And how they do it, I don't know. Um, they, they have technology like we can't imagine. They, they, you know, what is it? I'm not sure. Can't sit here and tell you I know. I don't know why any of it. I just know that I enjoy sharing it with the scientists and the people who are serious trying to figure out what we're dealing with here. I know how it reacts to me. It's spiritual based to me. It, it's conscious based. It, telepathy somehow. Um, but it's not like a physical thing. To Some me. people say, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about the connection between consciousness and this phenomenon. And this would almost be a case for, but what I don't really understand is uh, how can, if this is something that manifests through consciousness somehow, then how do other people see it? You know, I mean, this is what I, I, I don't get, how you get it on camera and, you know, uh, and someone put this, uh, you know, do you have cameras set up like permanent type of cameras? I mean, is this, I mean, it always seems to happen when you're there, but what if it happens also when you're not there, but you're, you're like in your cabin, you know, that type of thing. Well, it comes into cabin. Uh, it wants to see me. It comes right in the door. It comes through the walls. Um, my wife just recently, I walked outside for a few minutes thinking I'm going to watch the sky. It was cloudy, so I turned and came back in. It was cold. That was back earlier in the spring. And she just looked at me and she said, when you got up to go outside, this green ball of light, I heard it buzzing. It sounded like electrical energy. like, um, And she described it the sizzling noise. And I looked up and there's a green ball of light about the size of a softball hovering over your chair. Yeah. And then it just popped. When it popped, the whole light turned, the room turned green, but she didn't even blink an eye to tell me. And they're so used to seeing this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. It's always yeah. there, always. Now, why, why have you thought about setting up cameras? You just haven't done it? Or is that something you're not interested in doing? Well, I've had that offer, and I, in fact, I, I've got a, a something happening. Uh, it's too early to say. I don't want to spoil it, but it's pretty interesting that these, this team of scientists come, and they're wanting to put sensors and all that up, but um, it, it's connected to me. It doesn't matter if I go to your house or to California. I've been on the, the Pacific Coast at 200 feet over our head. Um, it doesn't matter. It follows pretty much me everywhere. And so I've never thought about putting a permanent camera up because I can film it by asking it to come and it comes. And we do a lot. I mean, sometimes 30, 40, 50 orbs in a night is not uncommon at all. You know, if I was sitting here and I hadn't seen this episode and hadn't seen that actually happen physically happen, then I would, I would probably kind of doubt you, to be honest with you, <laughs> you know, but when you actually see it happening, uh, you know, you have to say, well, it's happening. You, you know, these people are right there and they're filming and it's happening. 
And uh, yeah, that's, yeah. that is really, um, so I'm so glad that you were able to be on this episode and show people that your claims are not just claims. You know, it's, these are, these are things that are somehow happening. Right. I appreciate some, that. Yeah. For some, for some reason, uh, unexplainable thing, reason. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, you can't really explain why. I don't know. Uh, why. You know, other other than it all started, you know, right after you had that incident. You know. Yeah, the, uh, the, and you know the reason I say I, I I ask it to come in like a little prayer because that night I was I was desperate for help and crying out and these balls of fire came and I thought I want to do that again and I want to see it again. Uh, and for weeks, nothing. But then suddenly I walk outside and I ask it the same way. And here it comes. And it, I, it hears me. It, it knows my thoughts. And I know it. And everybody around me that witnesses this, and there have been hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of witnesses, some 20 and 30 together at the time. These things come out of the sky and fly right over our head, five, 10 feet away. I've got them on video within five feet of me and in and around a lot of people see it and experience it. So this is, it's real. And I think a lot of people are going to be amazed when they see this show tonight. It's, yeah. It's crazy. Now, you know, another, another question that comes to mind is what are they? You know, I mean, are these things, where are they from? Are they from here? Have they been here all along and they just, show up when they want to show up um you know there's there, there there's all kinds of questions you could have about this and you know i'm i'm sure you thought about them all yeah you know, they extraterrestrial yeah. they terrestrial they interdimensional and just popping in this dimension when you summon them uh, you know what, what is it i don't know the answer um in fact in my book i put up the and my books uh, is pretty controversial which is good. I mean, we all need to talk about this. I have a suspicion it's the same thing they were seeing 2,000 years ago and writing about. Uh, but what is it? I do know that uh, it hears everything we think, not just say. It knows your thoughts. And it knows where you're going to look before you look. And how I can be, well, let's just say this week, I did an experiment. And I've been doing this since 2016. In fact, the episode talks about quantum entanglement. And we actually had good success doing that, but we couldn't use all the data. Just so much data, they could had to make 43 minutes out of a whole week's filming, right? Hundreds of uh, hours of data. But we had a group on a mountaintop in Granada, Spain. A whole lot of people. Big crowd that was anticipating me connecting with them. And it was like 5.30 my time, afternoon. It was, um, I don't know, 10, 11 o'clock in Spain. And they said, okay, we're ready. And they called me and I said, okay, I'm sending you uh, the energy now. And immediately then, within 60 seconds, these orbs started appearing and flying over this whole crowd of people. and. I've been doing this successfully over Washington, D.C., over uh, Houston, Texas, over Charlotte, and many other places. 
How does it do it? I don't know. But it is completely amazing. And we have data that nobody can dispute at all because I can have my manager in Washington with his camera filming. I've done this. And I'm filming the ground, my chicken coop. And when he receives a flash in the sky, just one single flash, my chicken coop, the flash will happen on the, and it did this, we recorded it. So perfectly timed to the millisecond. How do they do that? I don't know. What are we dealing with is a mystery, but um, we're working on that now, a lot of us. Well, well, it's, uh, it, I think that you're probably going to be studied. You know, I mean, how do you feel about that? Uh, I, you know, I, it's fine. I've been doing this for 15 years. In fact, you haven't seen much of me on podcasts and, and interviews in, in the UFO world because I was asked early on to, to not get involved and just to keep my experience to me. So it's mine and I don't take on what others are saying, which can happen. So I've been basically silent and letting scientists and uh, folks from the government when they want to come. And I've had senators, congressmen at my house that have experienced this. And so it goes to the highest levels. And my book explains a lot of that and where it's gone to and who oh, yeah. all is uh, involved. Yeah. You were mentioning Washington. Some people did this for you the other day, right? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, ufoofgod.com. That's your book. Yeah, I, I was floored when I saw that. Yeah, very, very cool. So, yeah, and uh, when they when they are uh, when you like summon these things, you said that you can actually summon them. I mean, this is what this is what I think is going to be studied. Or, or, or should be studied. How, how is this happening? And what are these things? And what type of scientific, you know, I know they had scientific instrument instruments there, but have people suggested, you know, like a, a, a large array of different types of science, scientific instruments to try yeah. to figure out what exactly is going on? Yes. Uh, in fact, uh, I've, had folks within the Galileo project offer. Uh, oh, is that mention. right? Yeah, yep. they would like to come and bring some stuff. And so we're talking to them now about that. And I'm all about helping figure what it is out, whatever it takes, whoever wants to take part, um, you know, officially or unofficially, scientists, academics. I'm, I'm an open book. And, you know, here, here we are. If you, it blows me away, Martin. Honestly, I, I, it's just crazy when you walk out and you look up at the sky and you start talking and here comes balls of light. And that's basically what's happening. Well, you know, they're in chat. There's a person that keeps writing about cameras. Why don't you have cameras? But you do have, uh, you may, they, they probably may or may not happen when you're not engaged. Um, but you do, I think you mentioned earlier, you have hundreds of videos, right? Yeah, thousands. I mean, you literally have hundreds of videos, so you are using your camera and but, you are filming these. Yeah, one thing most don't understand, I don't let it bother me. They all, a lot of times, will say you need a better camera. Well, um, 
I'm just a poor old country boy. I didn't have a whole lot of money after I lost everything, and I didn't even have a camera, right? And this message came to me that we're going to help you. This was in 2019 with camera and with witness to share it to the world. I said it on 10 podcasts in 2019, and immediately a night vision camera showed up. I couldn't afford it. Then another one shows up, and then a, a P900 Nikon, then a Mavic 3 drone. I've got all kinds of gear that's been coming. But at night, when you're trying a camera and focus on a moving object at night, you can hang up a zoom lens, and you really need something that can see in the dark. And so the next step up from what I have, I have a psionics Aurora, which is a little monocular and you can get them for four or 500 bucks uh, base price for the camera. The next step up is in the thousands. So, you know, it's like we filmed it at the Monroe Institute, Rob Freeman, he was there with a $250,000 camera array and we filmed one orb for 45 minutes and never moved. The whole star field moved. But that orb set in one spot, and it was analyzed by MUFON Canada, and it's on YouTube. It's called the MUFON Flasher. I mean, the Monroe Flasher, I think. Hmm. Now, can but, can people actually see yeah, some? Just, you mentioned. Oh, I'm sorry. Got a little bit of a lag here. So, uh, can people actually see these videos somewhere online? Is there somewhere they can go to to see some of these videos? Yeah, uh, if you go to uh, my website is UFO of God. This is just like you see here, UFOofGod.com. And on there, I have my social media. Um, on Instagram, I probably put 50 or 60 videos on there out of several thousand. Um, and my Facebook, you can find me on Facebook there. But Instagram is where I publish it or post a few of these. I posted one from last night. There, of Starlink and orbs flying together. Pretty crazy. Uh, wow. Um, so when when you are uh, when you're filming these, are you ever filming them during the day? Yeah. Sometimes when I I don't really go out looking for them in the day, but I can see them when I want. You know, not necessarily when I want, but I have been very successful at. Uh, even asking them to come and they appear and fly right over treetop high in the daytime. I've filmed them. Are they always orbs? Have you ever seen a structured, anything structured? I have seen metallic spears um, and disc looking shapes that are glowing. Yeah. And what, uh, what color gl glowing uh, disc? That big gray looking color, but a glowing around of it and you can see the top and bottom i have them on video daytime video in fact yeah. i think there's a couple on instagram you can see the reason i'm asking that particular question is because i don't hear a lot of people say uh they have seen what i saw and that is uh the disc that i saw and it was dusk but it had a like a light blue uh like a cold blue glow around it no yeah. lights but it was a disc with like a blue glow. I and I have I rarely hear anyone talk about anything like that. Yeah, I filmed two blue orbs in the last one last night. I filmed a blue one last night. There was a red one flew by and a blue one, and I've uh, filmed green ones. But blue is pretty common. The bluish white uh, mm -hmm. is a pretty common light that we see around them. Mm -hmm. Now, do you hope 
do you have hope that you're going to get more information if you have this looked into like what is actually going on is that is that a goal of yours yeah in fact uh, i've dedicated my life to to documenting this and to sharing it with science and and u.s government um so i have a lot of friends there uh, people in the government let's say but um yeah i i really think and i'm predicting this and i've been right pretty much on a lot of this throughout the years i think i'm gonna get a meet and greet i really think we're going to get them on the ground in a different form that we might be able to to see and uh share that would change a lot of change the world possibly there's no telling but i have that feeling that's coming stronger mm -hmm. than ever and it's just basically what they're they're putting they can talk to you i can i can i can understand it sometimes and i think the video the this the history channel show show that they asked me how do you know when this orb is going to appear because i told the producer you guys be ready at 6 30 to see it and then that's when the first orb was show well it had come at, at 5 30 and at 6 30 we're standing out there and boom it appears and every day i told them it'd be at six o'clock a day right beside jupiter and we're all in the daytime in the daytime looking at an orb appears next to jupiter in the daytime you know, how do you know that well, I know three or four hours in advance, and I don't understand how I know it. It's just images that, that I receive, images. And do you feel like you get uh, communication or besides those images, do you ever feel like you're getting some type of message? A lot, yeah. And um, in fact, those orbs when they flash you. A lot of times they'll come out of the sky and flash you within five, ten feet of you and nearly blind you. They can be so bright. But when that happens, that light, uh, I watch my dreams and I tell everybody what you just saw, you need to watch your dreams at night because it can put information right into your brain. And I also believe, I told Dr. Alexander this, that I think they're trying to communicate in pulses and uh and something to do with the light that they they're uh maybe it's more something as simple as morse code maybe it's uh something much uh more technologically advanced that we need scientists to see but yeah i film these things flashing out of a black sky suddenly they just start flashing at me and Sometimes they do it like the, the one with Rob Freeman. For 45 minutes, it flashed us and never moved. And uh, that was pretty crazy. Really something. Now, has anyone that has ever witnessed with you talked about what is known today? A lot of people call it the hitchhiker effect. In other words, like they're having uh, experiences themselves. Yeah, it happens all the time. In fact, um, that is pretty well known by everybody that if you come to my house, you're a good chance it'll go home with you. It doesn't happen to everyone. And I can pretty much tell who it's going to happen to. Don't ask me why. But I have uh, gone to these people and said, you're going to see this when you get home. So be prepared. It's just a knowing. And the producer of the history show, I told him that's what's going to happen to you. 
And sure enough, he's been seeing these orbs. Sure has. Wow. Well, you're only about five hours away from me. I'll have to really think about coming in for a visit. I'd be glad to have you. You, you. I'm here 17 years later, and I'm still kicking, right? So they haven't eaten me yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, this may be too sensitive a question, and you, you don't have to answer it, but if you'd like to answer, does anyone else in your family have this ability that you have? Uh, all of my children do. Hmm. All of them. And uh, they, they, wherever they go, they see it. It follows them. And they can walk out on the beach at night. And one, you know, they live in different places. But my young Chris Jr., he has a remarkable way of seeing it in the daytime. I mean, he's always outside working, working on houses or something. And he'll send me a little video. Dad, look, this was hovering over the house. And it's, he calls for food to be delivered by a drone, right? Where they bring food over it. And he's filming the drone. I've never seen anything like that. And there's the orb hovering up above it. So it's, it's like gets in his, he's tuned into the daytime stuff. And so, yeah, all my kids see it. Wow. So, and, so does my wife. Yeah. Yeah, and your wife. Yeah. So you must have some very interesting dinner conversations. <laughs> yeah, all the time. Now, I, I remember, if I do recall right, correct me if I'm wrong, did when Dr. Alexander was visiting you, did something happen in a tree? Like a, a, a tree, something happened with the tree? Yeah, or we have, yeah, we have a, a pretty famous tree, and this is in the book. There's a chapter about it um, in, in October of 2013. I had uh, Dr. Diana Pasolka, which oh, yeah. is uh, an academic professor in religion, lives in Wilmington, just a couple hours away. And yeah, she called me and she said, Chris, I have some Hollywood writers that want to meet you bad. And I thought, oh, my Lord, I just minute immediately. I thought, I don't need no more ridicule for my family and my children. It's been five years of that. And I'm just now it's not as bad as it was last year. And, I don't want to do that again. I said, should it take a miracle? In fact, I'll, I'll ask for a sign. And if they give me one, I will call you and I'll meet you. And so all week she called me a couple of times. Have you got your sign yet? They really want to meet you. I said, no, man. So Thursday night, I walk out back. It had been raining for two days. I was a smoker then. I quit right after that. Within two days, I wasn't a smoker anymore. My wife was uh, walking by the back door, which is a full glass door, and I'm standing on the back patio. I lit up a cigarette, and my yard was 600 feet deep. So way back behind the house was this dark area with trees and pecan orchard, as small. And uh, I saw sparks come from the ground, and they go up, and they just did. It was the strangest thing. And it did that twice, and my, the back door opens, and my wife saw it through the window. She said, what's up with that tree? I said, I have no idea. I see it. Suddenly, it erupts into flames, and it was burning up through the top of the tree, 15 feet high. I filmed it, or my son did with an iPad. It's called Chris Bledsoe, The Burning Tree. It's on YouTube. You can see it. And uh, I called Diana right away. I said, Diana, I got my sign. I'll see you in Wilmington in the morning. And so 
we were in Wilmington Friday morning meeting with these movie producers, and they're like, what kind of sign did you get? And when I showed them, they were like, oh, my God, this is totally. So they've been tied to this as uh, from the beginning. We've been great friends now for 11 years, the, the writers and myself. Or, yeah. I've been in touch with Diana. She was on this show. She was great. I'm trying to get her back. I realized, you know, she's right. She's in Wilmington. She's a professor there, I believe, right? Yeah, I'm in Wilmington right now. The studio is my son's studio, and he lives oh. just down the street from her. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens after this airs tonight, uh, what happens with you. You know, um, I know I never saw you as the type of person that was trying to get, you know, be in this for the money type of thing. Right. But uh, I never saw that. Uh, I never saw any signs of that with you. Um, but who knows what, you know, maybe they'll have the Chris Bledsoe story movie um, <laughs> or something coming up after, after this airs. I mean, it, it's really, it, it's really incredible. And, uh, you know, it's, I, I think this is great that you were able to actually do this show the night that this airs. So it's coming yeah. right up. Yeah. yeah, I was um, honored to do it. And I remembered you very well. And I remember when you called me last, but I was so deep in that book and under a tight schedule that I couldn't even think for myself. And, but now the that's gone and it's it's a whole new ball game. It's just, it's incredible. I, I can't imagine, I never imagined where it would be today, not eight months ago even. It's just... It's a lot of people reaching out. You know, when uh, what what was the genesis for uh, Dr. Alexander to come there in the first place? Did did he speak to someone that had done some study there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, I'd been surrounded by folks from the government from for the last since it began since two thousand really, and. Um, in the, my first chapter, crazy as it is, um, John is the first chapter of my book, and it's uh, completely different. It was really weird because um, there was a, a ghost hunter investigator from Wake Forest University at my home, all into the tree, and she had this voice box that makes a racket. I'd never seen anything like it, but suddenly we started hearing people talking through this thing. We got near the tree, it started conversating, and it said, Chris, uh, the Pope is in trouble. You must help him. I'm like, did you hear that? Well, there were 10, 12 people there heard it. Did this, was this recorded as well? Yeah, she recorded all this. And so I got on the phone. I called a friend of mine named Larry Fischella. And Larry put on a big party called The Gathering years ago, this huge party. And Larry's... Can, he, he, he's uh, connected to everyone. I said, Larry, I just got this weird message on this machine. And before I knew it, I was in Philadelphia because the Pope was in Washington and New York at that time and was heading to Philadelphia. And so before I knew it, I was sitting uh, in Pennsylvania with Dr. Alexander and we started doing some remote viewing stuff and the secret service got involved and they ended up closing 
the traffic coming into Philadelphia down and they arrested some young fellow that was trying to harm the pup. And that's how the book starts out and that's how I met John. And then the very next year or that fall, John's like, I want to come see this Cape Fear River. I, and I said, absolutely. And so he came and he brought Victoria and uh, stayed two or three days. And um, we got down on the river and I took him through the whole process where it all happened and got back up to where I was taken, the exact spot. We stopped and parked there. And it's in John's book, Reality Denied, the second chapter. He wrote that about this story. And I think that's what inspired the whole book. So John, John's leaning against the front driver's side fender. And I'm against the driver's door. My daughter's sitting in the back seat with the door open and her feet hanging out. Victoria's in the back on the passenger side, door closed. And John, uh, he's leaning back looking at this beautiful night sky. And I looked over at John. I said, John, they're here right now. I said, they're here. And when I did that, within 10 seconds, this orb just appeared in a big flash of light. Poof, there it is. It starts flashing several times and then took off to, to the south. And John looked at me and said, uh, you know, I can't even remember what I, he got so excited about it. He was on the phone calling friends, but the whole thing that got him was how I knew it was above us and it would appear when it did. Yeah, it's totally amazing. Well, it's been great. We're already out of time here. Thank you so much. And so the History Channel tonight, the episode is Beyond Skinwalker Ranch with uh, Chris Bledsoe. It's uh, 10, 9 central time. Thanks so much. Very nice Thanks, to talk Lord. to you again. I, I appreciate right. you. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone. So we will be back next week uh, with Robert uh, Spearing, and it should be an interesting show. Thank you so much. And we are scheduled again September 5th. Keep that date in mind. That should be a, an amazing show. And remember, everyone, to keep your eyes to the sky.